Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 126 of the Booney Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode. We have another responsible episode. I feel like it is well timed, well needed. It is tax season. You may or may not be getting a tax refund back. And I feel like this is a good opportunity to help you, you know, get a good foot on your financial goals. And so that's why this week our guest is Sirenice Pierce of Poised Finance Lifestyle. And she's all about helping to simplify money for millennials. You know, the great thing about her when I discovered her, she paid off $99,000 worth of debt while having a family okay (laughs) and I know you I've talked about it recently in the episodes that I am on this path uh to become at least consumer debt free this by the end of this year and I have a great conversation uh with Sirenese about some of the tips and tools and tricks not tricks but solutions she used to tackle her debt and she also shares her popular high five banking method and this is she swears by it and this was so critical and crucial in her quest to building wealth for her family and so if you are interested in this bomb conversation you try and get your money right new year new you new goals we're trying to stay on top of these goals for 2020 then stick around for that conversation All right, let's hop right into my pick of the week. Uh, This week, I am going to choose something kind of um, generic and broad, but I think it's on par for the conversation that we have in this episode, and that is an accountability partner. Um, I have a few, and it's not one person who does them for all of the things. So KG right now is my paid down debt accountability partner. I have accountability partners when it comes to the creative stuff that I do for the podcast and the brand that I'm growing there. And so I encourage you, if you do not do not have an accountability partner, um, seek one out, find someone that you have, you know, a common interest with common goals, they align or someone who you just know will always be like on your ass. And I laugh because um, I'm calling right now, I'm calling KG the Black Dave Ramsey because he's totally done this uh, kind of 180 in his mindset. And he is cracking the whip on a few of us and tackling our consumer debt. And so if you, I am thankful for all of the accountability partners I have. And now I think the last uh, key to this for me is finding one that is kind of uh, more of a health, physical fitness accountability partner that is up next. You know, with the, the meme going around like January and February were trial months. I'm going to start again in March. And so here we are in March. <laughs> and I'm really going to get my life together in a few more areas. But it's just so hard trying to do it all and it's like you you want to do it all but you can you're trying to you know stay alive and have a good attitude and pay your bills and eat right and work out and have fun and have a love life like it is really a lot to balance and so for those things that are really important and priorities to you accountability partners are it for the win all right, housekeeping, housekeeping, housekeeping. Uh the feedback from episode 125 with Danny Faust was 
amazing. So many of you said that you had never looked at intention setting, goal setting, manifestation in that way. Booney, I appreciate the language. Danny's energy was dope and I definitely want to book a session with her. And so I agree. I think it's all about how we frame these conversations about manifestation. And I know it's like we said in the episode, it is so buzzy, but it is really worthwhile and it's so helpful. And if you don't like that touchy feely gooey manifestation word, then like Danny said, think of it, it's goal setting simple as that right and so if you haven't listened to that episode I encourage you to go back and listen to it take some notes and try to help you get your life together okay and next I I kind of want to shout out I don't know maybe I I, you know the great thing about having guests on the podcast is because you get to kind of use their audience if, if it's someone who really shares their appearance with their audience it's dope because it introduces me to new people as well and so I don't know the last two episodes the guests were really great and sharing with their audiences and I just want to shout out hey to the people over in Australia checking out the Booney Breakdowns the first time um, that I've seen downloads and listens over there and my analytics I don't pop in there often but what made me go look was that I received a notification that I charted on Apple Podcasts on the Australian charts in the relationships category and it was my first time charting in that country and so I looked at the uh, stats and all right, Australia, I see y'all. I've never been to Australia. It is on my list of places to get to, but that is dope as fuck. So I just wanted to shout out the listeners over in Australia and hope they stick around. And if you missed it, um, the Booney Breakdown podcast turned three. We were running a giveaway over on our Instagram page. So if you're not following us on Instagram, head on over there at uh, the Booney Breakdown on Instagram. You missed. We were running two giveaways last week. We had one responsible giveaway, one ratchet giveaway. The responsible giveaway is now closed, but there are still a few days uh, to enter the ratchet giveaway. So head on over there. I believe it closes on Wednesday, March 4th, 2020. It's very simple to enter and it's a really good prize. So head on over to Instagram. And while you're following us on things, you can follow us on Facebook at the Booney Breakdown. You can follow us at Twitter just at Booney Breakdown. And when sharing this episode, please use the hashtag the Booney Breakdown and the hashtag pod in P-O-D-I-N. You know, you can share these in your Insta story. You can retweet the things I share. You can just hit share on your Facebook. It makes, I have so many ways that you can share this and I appreciate it every time you do. Use your social capital to share the message, the word about how bomb a Booney Breakdown episode is, all right? So I really appreciate it. And while you're doing it, you feel like doing a little bit more, you can leave a review over in the Apple Podcast app. Uh, you can leave a review on our Facebook page as well. Just hit those five stars. Leave a few kind words if you feel like it. But, you know, I love your reviews, and they really make my heart swell. So that is it for me, guys. Um, I really, really hope you enjoy this conversation. Take notes if you have to. Um, but we're, we're, we're all about upward mobility and progression in 2020. So let's get ready to break it down. Hey guys, it's your girl Booney and I'm really excited because I've shared here on the podcast that this year I'm being way more intentional with my money, way more intentional and I'm trying to be consumer debt free by the end of this year. I hope it'll probably go into next year. So I I always go out and look for people as inspiration for myself that will hopefully 
give you some inspiration. And so I'm excited to have on the podcast, Sirenese of Poise Finance and Lifestyle. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the conversation. I know my best friend, he started a journey on paying off all of his credit cards and Watching him do that really inspired me. Like, okay, he's married with kids. Like, you're single. You can get this together. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys are talking about it, though. That's like a really, like, taboo, like, thing to do where people really don't talk about their debt or their finances in general. And it's really nice that he actually opened up with you. <laughs> you're right. Like, even another one of my friends, like, we were having a discussion about money. And it's like, we can talk about anything. And when I thought about it, I was like, oh my God, we never really had like an in-depth conversation about finances. And when she was talking about the amount of debt that she was carrying, she had such shame about it. And I was like, girl, I mean, I don't have as much as you, but I got debt too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of people feel a lot of shame and guilt and they even feel bad when they spend any type of money, extra money. They're like, oh, that could have gone towards debt. I feel so guilty. I'm going to Starbucks. I'm like, don't feel guilty. Just start owning it. That's like the first step. <laughs> it is. And, you know, since you brought this up, I, I saw on because I follow you on Instagram and I saw you had posted this quote and I loved this. You were like, never mistake activity for achievement. And I always thought like, oh, yeah, I, I like totally curbed my Starbucks habit in 2019. Like, yay, I'm not spending. I had spent in the previous year. I will say the number because I was totally ashamed. It was like $2,400 at Starbucks. Oh, man. <laughs> like, it's a lot of money. Like, you go every day, four or five times a week. Some days I'm just not getting a drink. I'm getting a sandwich. And so when I added it up, I was like, oh, my God. Like, that could have been my one credit card balance gone. Oh my gosh. How did you, how were you able to add it all up? Cause I know a lot of people don't track their finances. Do you happen to budget? So I've gotten into budgeting, um, but no, cause I used the app. Oh, when I just went in the app, I, cause the loyalty program, I was started and I started calculating and I was like, Oh my God. So for me, like even going, I think the previous year, I can't remember how many visits it was, but it was like, even in one month, it was like 27 times, which that's a lot of money. And when I looked at this past year, like it was whole months where I never even went to Starbucks. So, so there is, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> it's possible. But yeah, when I saw that, when you were like, never mistake activity for achievement, because it's like, okay, yeah, now you, you curb the habit now. What did you do with that $2,400 last year, though? That's true. And then what are you going to do with that money this year? Are yeah. You put it towards your debt? <laughs> but this year, it's all debt, debt, debt. It's, that's my goal is to be consumer debt free. So That's good. That's a good goal to have. I agree. So I, I just want to know, people who are not familiar with you, you paid off $99,000 of debt in five years. Yes, how? I did. So I did. <laughs> with, like how? With life happening, you have kids. Like how are you able to do that? We did that while saving for our emergency fund at the same time. So I'm a really big scaredy cat. Um, <laughs> part of my story, what got me into personal finance, studying personal finance and getting a degree in it was that my family lost everything during the 08 recession. And wow. they were very successful. You know, that was the hard part for me was that they were very successful. Um, and it was just weird to me that the economy 
affected them so strongly. I was like, oh my gosh, like you guys were doing, making good money. How can the recession affect you so fine, so hardly that you lost your home, they ended up divorcing and they had no emergency fund savings. Everything was just tumbling on top of them. And it, it honestly, it really did frustrate me because these are people that I love and that I care about and they're struggling financially. So I studied finance and one of the things that I realized was that a lot of people get tips, right, from their parents, their cousins, friends that work with them. And a lot of it is tips that they've heard from the credit card companies. Like, ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to be aware of who's giving you this financial advice. <laughs> and a lot of times it was like, oh, you can use your credit as long as you're not using 30% or more of your credit card utilization. And a lot of people, they don't even know that tip. And when they do hear that yeah. tip, they'll be like, oh, I can use my credit card. I can go into debt. It's not a big deal. And we don't realize that that has a lot of negative <laughs> you know, consequences tied behind them, like high interest rates and just lowering your net worth in general. So when I went to school, I pretty much learned how to manage handling debt a little bit better. But it wasn't really until my husband and I were, we got engaged that we started talking about our finances even deeper because I've always talked about finance. I love talking about money, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's awkward when you're dating and talking about money. And then when you're engaged, you're like, okay, I need to see the numbers now. We need to get official. So, so, so what was that conversation like for the first time, bringing it up with your, you know, your boyfriend and your, or fiance, like, how did you even broach that subject where it was? he was comfortable sharing and you were comfortable sharing. It was rough for him. For me, it was really easy. I'm pretty upfront, <laughs> but you know, he also caught me in the moment where he was seeing the side effects that it was affecting my family. And then he also had his parents that were getting affected by the recession in their own way. So he, he was very open to it because he knew that I was getting a degree in finance. So he was like, you know what? You probably do know what you're talking about <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> So it opened it up a little bit because I did have a background in it. And I was also educate, making sure I was like um, promoting him to read certain books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and The Millionaire Next Door. And a lot of those books really do promote you to start really focusing on your finances. So him, you know, putting that those little tips out, like read these books, kind of opened <laughs> up his mind saying, oh, OK, it's OK to talk about money Um and it's important to become knowledgeable about how to handle your finances. So that was pretty much the first step. And it worked out. <laughs> we ended up paying off all of our student loans before we got married. And that was a really big accomplishment for us. So our wedding day was more of like a, we're finally debt free from our student loans, which was. So how much was that? If you don't mind me asking. Um, It had to be at least half. About okay. forty five, fifty thousand $50,000 in student loans. Probably about gotcha. forty-five. It was a lot. It was a. I think. I think that was thing that was bothering me the most was that his um, student loans were getting split up into uh, okay. little baby loans, and so the minimum that he owed was like always increasing. So I was like, we might as well get rid of this debt. And he actually stumbled upon Dave Ramsey, where with the baby steps, where it came <laughs> with the snowball method. Yep. He's like, okay, this guy is kind of mean. I like it. I need it right now. <laughs> Dave Ramsey is so mean. <laughs> he, he gets, he'll grill you a little bit. So I think when you're first starting your debt-free journey, you kind of had to get upset and grill down a little bit. And I do that to myself a lot, but not everyone has that like that bulldog in them to like be mean to themselves. So I think Dave Ramsey <laughs> 
takes the heat for <laughs> off of themselves. And they're like, Dave Ramsey's mean to me. I was like, no, you have to be mean to yourself, you know? But yeah, it's I think so it's funny because when, when you listen to his like podcast, sometimes mm-hmm. you'll hear these financial situations that people are in and you're like, okay, I'm not as bad as that. So <laughs> no, excuses. It makes you feel a li- yeah, it makes you feel a little better, but it's still, he still is very direct in his advice. So you're yeah. right. you do need someone to be like, look, this is out of hand. You have to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And especially when you're seeing yourself, you have the potential, you know, you you're making good money, but then you don't see any of your money and you start getting frustrated. You're like, God, I'm so young. I'm starting on the right path. You know, I have the degree. I have a good job. Where's the money? And people get frustrated, you know, down the line, like 10, 20 years later, and they still have nothing to show for. And I told my my boyfriend when we were dating my husband now, but I was like, you're on the right path, even if you're not with me, I want you to be financially secure because you have a lot of potential and I don't want you to to veer off the right path that you're on. Because a lot of times we're not able to like accomplish the, our passions, you know, do the things that we lo- love because money's so tight. You know, mm-hmm. we both come from poor backgrounds. Um, Dominican, my parents are immigrants from Dominican Republic. Um, he's from Alabama, both, you know, <laughs> not very well off financially. And we weren't taught about finances. So to me, I was like, anyone that I know that I care about, I want to make sure that they're able to figure out how to position themselves for success. And a lot of that has to do with calculating your net worth. And for Mm. me, your net worth is pretty much what you own minus what you owe. And for a lot of young people, they owe a lot more and they barely own anything. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you supposed to get to zero so that you can start building wealth. You have to start getting rid of that debt. And I think that was what motivated me. And he was like, I get that. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, I know growing up, I can't ever, ever recall a conversation, um, you know, with my parent, my mom, with my grandmother, where it was like, this is what you do and this is how you balance a bank account or this is, you know, I just never heard money talked about in a way of one accumulating wealth or how they manage their money. I just know that like, I used to joke my grandmother, like I would be like, Oh, I need, well, you know, whatever we need a new calculator at school. And my grandmother's response to every single request that required money was almost always, okay, the Lord is going to make a way. And so, and then I know I would just have it. So I don't know like what she had to do. Did she have savings? Was she taking out money? Was she used? I have no idea what they did. Like, but I just know we weren't well off, but I always had most of the things that I needed. And I, I do wish that it was more of those foundational conversations because I feel like a lot of people in our age group probably making way more money than our parents have ever made Mm -hmm. but also in this position where we owe a lot more money (laughs) than our parents have ever had to owe so and the cost of living is so dramatic as well so much higher oh my gosh even gas right now is like out of control here in san diego i don't want to look at the price there how much it's like 389 395 almost four dollars it was four dollars like a couple weeks ago so wow i won't tell you what it is on the east coast here (laughs) (laughs) don't break my heart (laughs) definitely not that high (laughs) it's out of control over here but you see those are the types of things that were like wow the cost of living's high um 
the debt that we owe is high. And yes, our income could be high. You can make a lot of money, but still be broke, still be living paycheck to paycheck, still be highly in debt and have a negative net worth. And those are the things that, you know, we think when we're younger, oh, if I make six figures, I'll be good. I'll be straight. (laughs) Everything will just work out. Yeah. Just like my grandma said, everything's going to work out. The Lord (laughs) is going to provide everything. And then you get into these positions and you're making a decent amount of money and just like, well, this is working out. Do I need to make more yeah. money? Do I need more side hustles? And I don't know about in the East Coast, but here in Cali, almost everyone I know has a side hustle. Almost no, everyone. I, 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 most people my age, they're either, you know, I know people. some people do Instacart, some people Uber, some people have started side businesses. Like you it's said, not even a, it's not even you, it's not even a luxury anymore. You have to do it just to make ends meet over here. You have to, and that's what I was telling. And even you know, this is you know for after the new tax plan rolled out last year, and a lot of people's taxes were, you know, affected. I even told my one friend, like, look, you just need to make an LLC for you know <laughs> for this you side hustle. <laughs> you have to get a tax break. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know, if you document and you can prove that you can pull this off, but like you do something to at least save on the tax bill at the end of the year so yeah I I also liked that you said while you guys were on this journey of becoming debt-free you still found a way to save for an emergency fund so how did you balance between those two goals of all right this money is allocated for debt this money is going to the savings and this is what we're living off like how did you figure that out yeah, so I'm a big scary cat again. So <laughs> um, because my family was affected so dramatically from the 08 recession, I always felt like I needed to have a lot of money just saved just in case something happened because I was I didn't want to end up in that same situation. So what we decided to do was to be real, more realistic with our emergency fund goals. So I know Dave Ramsey says, start your emergency fund with $1,000, but our rent was like 1500 So we're like... Yeah, right. A thousand dollars wouldn't cover anything. So we had to modify um, what a a good emergency fund would be for us. And that ended up being one month of our cost of living of our bills. And from there, we started focusing once we accomplished that goal, then we started focusing on paying off our debt. And we made it a yearly goal to um, save one more month of our emergency fund. Because again, it's we're in California. Yeah, it's expensive. And as long as you baby step it, you'll get to where you're trying to go. You know, we're not in a competition with no one. No one knows our real numbers. It's more of just setting a good goal. Be like, okay, every year we want to accomplish one thing and that's to add another month to our emergency fund. And as it doesn't matter how long it takes, we're going to start eventually getting to that hefty emergency fund where we feel more financially confident. And paying off debt was just the second priority after that. And it, it, we used the snowball method. It was very, very um, functional for us, especially with the student loans and then eventually with like our cars and stuff like that. Okay. And for the people listening, um, what did, can you explain what the snowball method is just like really quickly? Yeah. So the snowball method is pretty much breaking down your debt um, by looking at it in little sections. So you kind of prioritize the smallest debt to the largest debt, and then you put all of your extra money towards the top um, debt, the first debt. And then once you pay off that debt, you snowball that amount of money that you're putting on toward that other debt towards the new debt. And then it starts creating a snowball effect where you're putting more and more money towards paying off one specific debt. 
And eventually you'll end up becoming debt free because you would have paid off all the loans. And I know a lot of people have a lot of separate um, debt, you know, multiple credit cards, multiple student loans, Mm -hmm. multiple personal loans and car loans as well. So it's very beneficial to just keep your to get the, the quick wins and not focus on all the debts that you owe and more focused on knocking one out at, the, at a time. Hope Got that it. made sense. <laughs> no, it did, it did, it did. That's the method that I've been using. So oh, good, good. I think it's it's also, um, it did, it is a big like psychological thing because I have like one more payment and get yeah, one more payment until my first card is paid off. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like I accomplished something very quickly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, you're, you're winning. <laughs> That's yeah. the whole point. We want to feel like we're winning with our finances, not depressed and upset that we're not getting anywhere. And I think that's what a lot of people, they either quit doing their budget or quit their debt-free journey because they don't feel like they're getting anywhere. And I think when you get those little small wins, you start getting more motivated, more hyped. And you're like, yeah, I can't wait to pay off my next credit card. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely a hype. <laughs> it is. Okay. I want to move into this method that I've seen on your page. Um, the high five banking method. Yes. So as I was looking, I'm like, wow, five bank accounts. Like that just seems like a lot to manage. So first, what is the high five banking method? So the high five banking method is pretty much a simple way to organize your finances, your bank account so that it can complement your budget and your financial goals. A lot of people are trying to use the two bank account method to manage and organize all of their finances and they're actually just clashing into each other. So a lot of times we'll use one checking account to spend all of to pay for all of our bills, to pay for all of our lifestyle wants, and if we go over, we start going into debt or we start pulling from our savings accounts. Instead, I positioned the five the five bank accounts within the high five banking method to have more purpose with each one of them so that you know exactly where you to spend and where to save. So it's composed of two checking accounts. The first one is your bills and the second one is your lifestyle account. And then three savings accounts. One is your emergency fund. The next is your long-term goals. And the last one is your short-term goals. Okay. So when you say checking account lifestyle, what do you, what do you mean to use that account for? So the bills is anything that's mandatory. Everything that you need to survive, your housing, your groceries, gas for your car, um, your utilities, anything that's mandatory. I I guess they call it the four pillars of your home. (laughs) So it's if everything went wrong, what are the mandatory things that you have to pay? Even the minimum payments on your debt is a bill. It's mandatory. You have to do it. If you don't pay for these things, it would quickly affect your life. And then your lifestyle, these are more optional. These are things that you want to do. These are your hobbies, your personal care, um, household things that you want to buy for your household. These are things that are more flexible. They don't have to be set in stone like your bills. And you're able to increase this or decrease this depending on your income and the debt amount that you want to pay. So I feel like a lot of people, they feel guilty. They want to go to Starbucks. <laughs> I, You know what I mean? They feel guilty. Like, oh, I could be paying towards my debt. Give yourself a an allowance for your lifestyle and say, you know what, every single month I'm going to give myself $200, let's say for example, and I can spend it on whatever I want in my lifestyle. I can go out to eat with my friends. I can go to coffee dates. I can go get my nails done, 
whatever it is that you want. And a big tip that I tell people for their lifestyle account is to, let's say they have a Starbucks addiction. <laughs> um, Been go there. Ahead. <laughs> yeah, go ahead in the right when you put money in that lifestyle account, go ahead and buy yourself a gift card for Starbucks. That way you have prioritized your bills first and then your lifestyle. And from your lifestyle, you say, you know what? I do want to treat myself, but I'm only going to treat myself to $20 worth of coffee a month. And for some people that might be realistic for other people like us, oh, not realistic, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure that it's an, it's an amount that is not going to steal from your savings goal, like your emergency fund, paying off debt, your short-term and long-term goals. That's the biggest part with your lifestyle. You want to make sure that you give yourself an opportunity to be yourself you know, to have a hobby or do things that you love, but don't let it affect your other fingers in your hand. (laughs) Got it. Perfect explanation. And so for all five of these accounts, so like when you get paid, do you already have it set up to allocate to go to each of these? Or do you have it go to one account and then you manually move it to each? So the first thing is you have to, it's like a trick. The high five banking method kind of forces you to budget because a lot of people don't budget. So you kind of have to figure out, do the math and figure out how much are your bills going to be this month? How much are you going to allocate to your lifestyle, your emergency fund, your debt, and so on and so on. So once you've figured out those numbers, I like to do direct deposit into my bills account and then from there move the money right away. So into the appropriate accounts, because at that point, you know, things do happen in life. Let's say you have an emergency fund that's a thousand dollars because that's appropriate for where you live. But you have an emergency that costs twelve hundred dollars. Well, at least you have a thousand dollars. But instead of going into debt for two hundred dollars, you can modify, you know, after you pay your bills, um, the money that you have to pay for that emergency, you know, instead of relying on credit cards and debt to suffice for all anything that comes up in your life so that's why I really prioritize a lot of people tell a lot of people to use the short-term goals account because the short-term goals account is anything that um it takes less than 12 months to save for and for me a lot of times these are the this is the account that you can use to save for things that you know are going to come up that catch you out of nowhere and that leads you to go back into debt so instead of going into debt for a Vegas trip with your girlfriends you start saving for that trip beforehand you know if you know your car needs maintenance you start saving for it right away don't go into debt for it because i think a lot of people we're just so used to debt that we have to you know have a backup plan and be like okay i'm not gonna depend on debt anymore i'm gonna depend on this short-term goals account instead yeah i know i i that took some um getting used to like all right. <laughs> Don't just automatically pull out a card. Like uh, you, you have the money set aside for this. So go ahead and, and use that money. Yeah. It's not feel guilty as well. Yeah. So when you're with your savings accounts, are there any particular savings accounts that you recommend? I know there are some high interest ones or that give you a little bit more interest than other accounts, but is there any account that you're fond of? I really do like the online savings accounts, the high yield savings accounts specifically. I feel like there's a lot of benefit from not having access, quick access to these accounts, Mm -hmm. especially for your emergency fund. I feel like a lot of people, they see the money in their emergency fund and they want to transfer it out to their checking account for their lifestyle or for any other things that they want to do. So I think it's really important that you utilize online banks because they're also, they're also charging, um, or offering you 
high yield savings accounts where you get a high APY, um, annual percentage yield. Um, and you're also able to avoid a lot of bank fees. A lot yeah. of big banks off charge a lot of fees for checking accounts and savings accounts, maintenance accounts, overdraft accounts, all of these things. And you can actually avoid a lot of that. And I think that's a really big um, benefit for a lot of people. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I was, I think too, it's definitely, everything about this is like the psychology behind it because I did definitely have to move <laughs> one savings account because like you said, when I saw it sitting there, like with my checking account, it's like, okay, well I can transfer our 200 and do this. And then I'm like, oh, now I got to put it back. So not seeing it tied with like my, my bills, it, it is so helpful. Yes. So helpful. Yes, it really is. Because again, out of sight, out of mind really does work when it comes to your emergency fund specifically. And especially when you are saving for those long-term goals. I know a lot of people our age range, we're trying to get out of debt. We're trying to buy a house. We want to get married. We want to have kids. We want to travel the world. We want to do so much, so many things, but there's only so much money. So, you know, if you get out of debt, you're able to save quicker for your long-term goals of buying a home or having a big um, Europe trip or a big Caribbean trip, wherever, whatever your long-term goals are, they're able, you're able to to accomplish them much quicker once you become debt-free and you've built the habit of saving for something like the short-term goals account. Yeah, I, I, um. Definitely, as I'm in this journey myself, it's like listening to this bank account method. I don't have five bank accounts, but hearing your explanation of it, I'm like, well, this actually kind of makes sense, right? (laughs) right, Yeah, yeah, I have like one main save, like my emergency savings account. Then I have like a play savings account and then like my checking account, really. That's and I do have another checking account that. I use, but I guess I do kind of use that um, if now that I'm thinking about it for lifestyle, but it's not formalized for that. Like, that's the one, like, okay, I'm getting my nails done. I'm going to use that account versus my main account. So when I was listening to your explanation, I'm like, okay, I need to go ahead and like formalize this in that method because it totally makes sense. Yeah. And it's good. Again, don't feel a lot of people feel guilty for getting their nails done or going to Starbucks. Don't feel guilty. Just make it a small priority is not the top priority. Your bills are your top priority, but make it a, a small priority where you're like, I do want to gift myself some money to have, to enjoy my life uh, on the journey because a lot of people are waiting until they're debt-free to do everything. You yeah. can do small things to pamper yourself, to re-energize yourself, you know? And I think that's really important when you're on this debt-free journey because it a lot of people have a lot of debt and it's going to take a little bit of time. <laughs> so you have to, you know, be patient with yourself. And that was a good way for us to be, you know, to feel like we're not completely losing everything. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that was my thing. Like, I'm not talking about um, like my mortgage um, student loans just yet. Like, I feel like once I get the credit cards gone, then, okay, now I have a lot of money freed up where I can maybe just keep that snowball method and pile them onto these student loans because, that is really, I, and I've said this before on the podcast, like my student loans are literally, I think, the biggest piece of my financial puzzle that give me anxiety. And um, yeah, so we'll, we'll tackle those, but I'm going to need a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel you. But that's why a lot of people, they have to just get that mi- their mindset right. And this really does help them, you know, feel like they're winning 
along the the journey. Yeah. And I also like how you mentioned too, like, and I kind of want to ask you that, like, I struggle with this and I was saying this to my best friend where it's like, oh my God, you only live once, right? We just, mm-hmm. just this week, all the tragedy of Kobe Bryant happened and everyone's like, oh my God, those reminders that at any moment this thing, life could be gone. And so you're like, I want to live. I don't want to miss out on experiences, but also keeping in mind that you have, you know, these lists of financial goals that you want to work on to provide you a better life for the future. And mm-hmm. so it's like, for me, that is sometimes my struggle is finding that balance where I don't like go, like I'll do like, okay, I'm going to treat myself to this. And then it snowballs into this whole thing. And I look up like, Oh my God, <laughs> you, this was not the plan to do all of this, but mm-hmm. here we are. So how do you like, play off that like where you're still living but you're still also mindful of the goals you have set so what I what I do personally is again I give myself a little bit of money to live on a month-to-month basis where I can enjoy like if I want to go eat Cinnabon or Starbucks or go to a movie or date night I can do that I don't have to feel guilty about doing that but when it comes to bigger things like I have coming up my my five-year wedding anniversary That means something to me. I'm like, this is a big accomplishment. Not everyone makes it to five years. So uh, my husband and I were actually saving for our our little getaway to Vegas for our short-term goals. So we're saving into that account every single month because that's something that matters to us. It's, it's a, you know, it's a big milestone for us. So that's the specific place that I save it for. And it makes me feel good knowing that um, if I want to overspend, let's say my lifestyle or for something else, I look at that account and it has a lot a big purpose behind it. I know that's mm. the money in that account is for my trip to Vegas to celebrate my five year anniversary with my husband. That means something to me. And that's gotcha. why I would tell people, if these accounts don't mean anything to you, make them mean something, put some purpose behind it. If your emergency fund means nothing to you, think about what would you do if you were hospitalized or you got in a car accident, your car messed up. What are you going to do? And for me, it was like, you know what? What scared me, what brought a lot of a purpose to my emergency fund was I don't want to be, excuse me, I don't want to be in a position where I'm homeless or mm. I don't have food for my kids or, you know, my car's broken down. I can't get to or to the hospital. Those are things that trigger me. I know my triggers. You know, we all know our triggers, what motivates us, what scares us. So use that to bring purpose into each account. So again, for my short-term goals account, it means something to me that I want to have this little mini vacation with my spouse. So I'm going to save for it. And every time that I go over, I I think about going over my lifestyle account or taking a, spending money at Costco or Target, I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to do that because that money that's going to have to come to pay for that credit card or to pay for that debt is going to come from my vacation. And that means that's not a vacation. It's more of like that's that um, this accomplishment that we've had of five years being married. So that is a bigger purpose to me than going to Target and spending an extra $200 on unnecessary things. I love that. Put a little purpose behind it. I love that. Put some purpose in it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it is around this time people are starting to do their tax taxes, praying, I'm hoping possibly receiving a tax refund. 
Yay. So if you were advising these people, like, okay, they're going to get like, let's say random number, $3,300 back from federal and state taxes. What would you recommend that they do with their money? If they do not have an emergency fund, open up a, a savings account, high yield savings account, and save at least one month of your bills, which should be equal to the bills amount that you put into your bills checking account, into your emergency fund. That is the top priority um, for your safety and your, you know, for your security. And then after that, I would put the rest of it into my debt. Just start demolishing it. You know, those are the those are the small opportunities that you have to really start knocking down some credit card debt or some student loans debt. It's not every day that you have like $3,000 or $2,000 to put towards your student loans. So take advantage of that. Even though you want to go on vacation, think of the possibilities. If you lower that debt, realistically, what people don't realize is that you're actually lowering your bills. You're lowering your cost of living. So moving forward, if you don't go back into debt, your cost of living is going to be less. Your financial burden is going to be dramatically lifted. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be more stress-free. And I think that's the key to life is, you know, to be stress-free, to be happy. And yeah. less bills makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, less bills. <laughs> All right. So this is the part of the podcast where we are going to do the breakdown. And I am just going to say one word and you're going to say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So it can be a word. It could be like, ugh, it could be a sound, whatever, whatever comes to mind. All right. <laughs> All right. First one, credit cards. Disgusting. <laughs> Millennials. Passionate. Budget. Beautiful. Money. Awesome. Investments. Um, generational wealth. Savings. Your best friend. And last one, debt free. An accomplishment. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good, good. You you did it really quick. Usually people are like, "Uh, I don't know. I can't think of something. (laughs) Well, I guess they're all into finance. So I'm just like, oh, yes, that's beautiful. They're all tailored. (laughs) They're all tailored to each person. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I thought it was going to be like harder. I was like, you're going to say like. People get such anxiety. (laughs) You're fine. You did awesome. So if you could tell everyone where they can find you on social media, your website, any YouTube channels, wherever you can they can connect with you on the internet. Yes. So my Instagram is kind of where it's at. So my Instagram handle is Poise Finance Lifestyle. I have a lot of great information on my blog, the Poise Life, the PoiseLifestyle.com. And I also have great videos on YouTube, Poise Finance Plus Lifestyle. Um, I really do try to do a lot of Q&As. So if you guys send me some questions in my DM, I definitely do like little fun videos trying to answer the question as quickly as possible. So it's a little entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay. So I'll be sure to link all of those resources in the show notes and over on thebooniebreakdown.com. So be sure to follow, subscribe, and learn some more about, especially about the high five banking method. Yeah. I think that is definitely potentially a move that I'm totally going to consider because feel like I'm there but I haven't really formalized it so this might be the plan (laughs) definitely definitely yes so thank you so much for coming on thank you 
All right, so I want to thank our guest, Sirenise Pierce uh, of Poise Finance and Lifestyle for coming on and giving us some great tips on how to get financially stable and debt-free in 2020. So be sure to follow her YouTube channel and check out all the great resources that she has. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or any app that you listen to your favorite podcast on. Do not forget to leave those reviews too. You might just hear your review on the next episode. Follow us across all social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I do not make these pretty images for nothing, okay? Have a dope-ass week. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Until next time.